Welcome, 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 and welcome to the second episode of the School to the Pool podcast. That's it, number two. You know, it's been quite the journey to get here. It's been one week, but here we are. We're at the second one. And so, hopefully, as you guys continue to listen to this and and enjoy the podcast, I hope that you guys will slowly and steadily see an improvement in, in the podcast and just the way I speak, production values, and also, of course, the content that the podcast is about, which is making connections between school and the outside world, and, of course, talking about ways that schools can try to help make those connections more apparent and more relevant and more useful. So, without any further ado, let's get started. In today's episode, we will talk about gym class, entrepreneurship, and for the first time in the podcast so far, talking about something that school does well, which although it's not a good thing, which is stress. So, we have got a lot to analyze and extrapolate. So, let's get started. Everybody in high school, middle school, and elementary, and even kindergarten or preschool, if you were one of those kids, has had a gym class. Now, gym class, some of us may have fond memories of it, some of us may have not so fond memories of it, and some of us may not have any impression at all, as it was simply a class that wasn't a class. And I can certainly agree with all of those categories. So just, I don't remember a whole lot about gym class from like elementary. I do remember sometimes when I didn't like gym class. But I also enjoy lots of times when I did enjoy gym class and it was just, you know, running up and down the court, playing speedball, or, you know, developing a shot in basketball, or, you know, getting a new record on a mile, 805. And just like minor accomplishments like that, you know. But problem with gym classes, I think the ultimate goal of gym is to develop healthy fitness habits that will carry on with the student the rest of their life, right? But you just don't see that the way that it is taught because it just seems to be very one-off, do whatever you do, have fun, get your effort grade, and go to a class. And the reason is because it's so disjointed, right? Just completely separate. Like you have throughout the rest of your day, you have like social studies, science, English, math, like whatever, like maybe you have a pathway class, such as like a, or exploratory, such as art, or like engineering, or like carpentry, or something like that. But all of, sorry about the interruption. As I've said before, this is not a secure studio. Or studio at all. But yeah, but those classes, you could, they all have some commonality, right? And they all tie in. But gym class, yeah, it really is. It's like the, uh, the, ugly, the ugly duckling. It's by itself. And of course, there's really no way to fix it. Like, I think that maybe a bunch of heads and people that have thought about this problem is, wait, why don't we just connect gym class to one of those classes? And, well, how can you do that? Well, one way you can do it is that when you're running the mile, maybe just pop out, like, a velocity question. Like, yeah, but that's 
it's not really gym classes, right? I think a lot of people will end up negative memories of gym class and make it seem like, you know, something that is and lose the individuality that makes gym class very unique. Uh, you might be saying, well, that's what health class is for, but a lot of schools throughout the country, health class isn't something that is like robust or has any real impact. And frankly, the real evidence of that is simply the amount of poor lifestyle choices that are made throughout by people, whether it's like using drugs before a certain age or like smoking or not eating the right stuff. And ultimately, I think fitness and overall health is an important issue, so much so that a military individual went on a TED talk to talk about how obesity is a national security problem. And of course, to sort of get this back to the main point of La Clase de Gimnasio or gym class, yeah, it's important for gym to not take itself too seriously, but to also recognize that it has the opportunity to be an incredibly important class in the future of the students that take it. And so one way to make it that way, I think, is that instead of doing like your generic jumping jacks and push-ups and running laps, which is something that pretty much everybody knows is a form of fitness, I think gym class and gym teachers should be aware of like more simple exercises and health techniques that can help you out, such as maybe when you're sitting down doing some like rolling your foot to keep that to get some sort of keep circulation moving around or like how to like stretch properly or how to say even meditate really or again like maybe like make a smoothie or something like that because those things are you know very simple and down to earth and genuine in contrast to say like you just get like a say like a six minute mile to get an a or run the fitness grand pacer test which is something that no one's going to really do essentially out of their especially fitness grand after on volition but so maybe say yeah doing a bit of stretching when you wake up that is something that i think everybody would do if it starts to be ingrained in them instead of say negative habits that they develop in gym class and so at the end of the day gym class i have fond memories but i also recognize and i hope that you guys do too that it is in need of some changes to make it more efficient and frankly i think that gym class should stay but in order to stay it needs to be more relevant to students and the features that they will go on to have and just be just as important to that feature as English, math, social studies, or any of those classes can also be. One of the most important skills that, or perhaps I should rephrase that and say, one of the most useful and versatile and interesting skills and an aspect of life that everyone should consider is entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur. And I think that's something that is universally admired. I think everybody can respect an entrepreneur regardless of one's like background or political affiliation or anything like that because I think it is something that's very admirable to all people when someone goes out there from a 
humble beginnings as an individual and going out there to try to make money doing something that is their idea and something that's very relatable to all of us from those of us who you know make, had a lemonade stand to those of us such as myself who had who had youtube channels and podcasts and depending on your opinions of people like that well here i am and but for something that is so respected it's something that's not necessarily as seems to be many of things i talk about on this podcast something that schools do a good job talking about or encouraging so this week um uh, an adult from who's in charge of who seems to be entrepreneur club came in to the classroom and talked to us about how it's going to have a new club and the opportunities that it provided. And I went up to talk to him because I worked with this guy during the summer as I worked for him as part of the internship. And, you know, an idea that I had, which was, and how it's the idea I had that could be transferable to having that entrepreneur club and eventually potentially being a real product. And because we talked about the idea and the feasibility of it, and the idea was, as I've lovingly called it, book box. That's to provide some background information during the summer. We had, all the interns had to make an ed project, and it pretty much it had to do something that would improve student interactions with nature. And so I decided that we have a bunch of like campsites on campus and you know, like views and things, and like I feel like kids would want to know more, but there's no place to to have, say, like an identification book or anything else. And so I decided that you know what we could do: we can make a book box or a, simply like a box to put those things in, just attach it to a tree, like some object, so like a pole, and so it can be uh, in the at the campsite. And be in a spot where people can access it and use it. And so that's what I did. It took longer than it should have, arguably, you know. I had to refresh my memory on power tools and measuring and cutting and using latches and all that. But, you know, last day of the internship, set it up and it's a wonderful spot. We set it up. And of course, I haven't been back to follow up on it. It, but I, I'm fairly confident that it's still functional and, and all that. And I think that's something that I am genuinely pretty proud of. Like, that is something I can look back on if I ever visit that specific campsite where it's at. I can say, geez, look at that object that I made. You know, and certainly that's what being an entrepreneur is. And looking back on your actions and seeing the ultimate fruits of your labor instead of being an employee and ultimately ultimate success is not necessarily your to your benefit but to someone else's instead or say a shareholder but i think in this small moment and small accomplishment by myself i think that that is something that i'm proud of and ultimately i think that 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 feeling of satisfaction and just general pleasantness is something that frankly more people want to have and arguably should have, which is what entrepreneurship can give you. I mean, 
if you look at, especially you look at the world today and just the limitations, there's so, so much less, like there's so many platforms now like Amazon or like Fiverr, those, those platforms where you can now get marketed and you can get outreach and you can reach your customers and advertise for yourself and create something and perhaps grow big quickly when you get like some viral hit perhaps there's something that before the internet ages wasn't possible and like you also you often see all of these success stories from like on like youtube or online it's like person x said why but we never really connected us back to our life and what we could potentially do and ultimately i mean that schools haven't caught up in this aspect to the realities that we live in now, now i'm not saying that geez you know everybody should be Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and drop out of college because that's not why they dropped out because they already had viable functioning business businesses and startups. But what I am saying is that you know schools should rework their curriculums to start encouraging the idea of products and stuff. And I certainly think that like independent foundations and groups that try to help schools that are underfunded should do the same because ultimately businesses and jobs are what creates and helps a community in any way that people can encourage different individuals to do so to benefit whatever community they're a part of is something that's good curriculum wise i feel like it doesn't have to be even radical changes like that we're gonna have group projects or whatever when people have to sit down and come with projects but simply just maybe the teacher asking so how can what idea do you have that could fix problem x or y or z and then students you know using their creative abilities that they possess can say xyz to fix the problem and say yeah and you can work refine and refine it and none of this takes a long time get students into groups and run with it but it just doesn't happen now of course there's going to be a disparity between schools and and factors such as that that prevent things from happening. But I think as previously stated, all people have that same respect and desire to be an entrepreneur and embody what that means. And ultimately, it's something that should be fostered and encouraged. And ultimately something that's going to be a huge part of the future. Of course, also, if my book box is ever on the market, please buy it and use it in whatever way that would make a book box look cool and gain more attention. Because it isn't as if I have a self-marketing platform right now. So to wrap up this bit of a tangent entrepreneurship is something that's crucial it's more easier now than ever to to actually have a functioning business if not a viable one but schools need to catch up to the new era and of course the book box buy the book box it's not available where you're at we just keep the book box in the back of your head just as plug in included you should keep it into the back of your head all of these things that I talk about. And ultimately, and again, I, I'm hoping that while well, this course, this is 
this podcast is directly mainly like specifically at a more educational focus. I think that a lot of the principles here can be applied to to many aspects. Like we're just trying to teach like the lessons to your kids or homeschooling or anything like that. Or you simply just want to have my opinions on things, you know, then just let me know about that in my comment, like sending me an email. Just give me feedback because, you know, I want to answer the needs of my listener. I'm also sticking true to what this is. And I feel like the two go hand in hand. Just as in school, you should be able to ask questions and learn and grow. Same can happen here. So that is quite the entrepreneurial marketing uh, five-second shtick. So that was not moving along swiftly. I know that on this podcast, I don't really talk about what school does well. And I'm afraid that today will not be a day when I break that pattern. Because the next topic is how school is very good at generating stress. Not only for students, but teachers and parents and everyone that is involved in the chain. That goes into arguably one of the most important and integral parts of America, educating the next generation. Now, of course, I should preface this that stress is, of course, in moderate amounts, a good thing and can be beneficial. But this doesn't take away from the fact that school does cause a huge amount of stress, oftentimes for reasons that aren't necessary. For example, I got it missing today because I didn't print out a certificate and give it to the teacher because I printed out the same certificate twice. But that missing has been, I found out about it, it's put a damper on my, on me the past until I get it resolved on Monday, you know? And I can only imagine how it is to kids who are in higher stakes than I am right now such as the SAT and standardized testing in colleges and blah, 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 and activities and all that. And I think uh, to sort of go right to one of the causes of stress that arguably can't be fixed is the huge emphasis that is placed on getting into a handful of these selective colleges. And if you can't get into these colleges, then you're done for. And that message is like advanced so much and it's hard to say no you're wrong because you can't really something like that i think that's just is a like it's also a quite serious one because in many ways it does implicate if not your professional advancement at least in many aspects your relationship with your parents especially especially if you have very uh watchful and Demanding parents, which many high school kids do, and of course that's and that's just one example on students. If you go to the social aspect that stress can create for students in school is just what I just said. The social aspect, like school, can puts kids in a lot of different situations that they weren't necessarily exposed to. I mean, we're talking about like an elementary, like. Six-year-olds and seven-year-olds 
meeting and talking to new people and learning how to interact and going over and learning about all of those things and picking it up slowly, which which is a good thing. But it does nevertheless result in stress, and that stress coupled with, say, a negative home environment can be damaging to that kid's professional development in the future. So that's not even to mention that the stress from like getting placed like geez you're at like x amount of reading level and at that young age you're already being pushed into something you have to show yourself stress on parents is also quite in the parent thing so it's just it's the biggest one is arguably just being in the right neighborhood or school zone to have a good school quote-unquote for your kids to go in which can like limit a family's like housing options and like job opportunities and advancement, you know, socially, of course, parents have to worry about not only the well-being of, of their kids, but also just like, also like very like a uh, position and like, of like, geez, like, is your student, if you're, is your kid not doing that well, does that say something about you and those those worries that already make dinner parties and whatnot more awkward and not awkward, but yeah, I guess that is a very fitting adjective actually. Things like that. Again, sorry for the noise about the background. The studio is not a studio at all. And for teachers, again, like just from the sheer fact of being a teacher and you're responsible for so much and so many things can come back to, to bite you. I had to do some, Go through a, like child abuse training at my work at the place that I work after school, and like it's you you can be held liable to so many things, and if you're not attentive and you don't connect the dots right, something happens and it comes back to you, you'd be in serious trouble. I think that's to be a legitimate stressor. Of course, also you know everything else that teachers have to deal with, such as pay and just having to pay for supplies and those things, and being held to performance reviews, which. I'm not going to get into that as I feel that's a bigger issue than that, but I think that teachers, it is stressful and arguably, and this goes to everybody that I've mentioned so far, students, parents, and teachers, stress over long periods of time, which is arguably what a school school year is, five days a week for like most of the year can do, and it can negatively impact. There's a, a TED video that sort of laid out the serious health implications of long-term stress and it's just the shrinking of the brain and whatnot. And like those are like, yeah, like seriously, like cortisol being released and changes to your brain size for the worse. And of course, economically and politically, it's also a schools. I also think huge things such as, you know, the constant public school versus charter versus private and how those things should be funded, common core, government standardized testing those those things and that's of course paying for schools and property taxes and inequities that are caused that way and just, just things like that that make school not only stressing for people like me who forgot to turn a certificate into people who are parents to policymakers to teachers and this, this is normally the part where 
I have a solution. Yes. This is normally the part where I say it has a solution. To this. However, there's really not. Because I just think that stress is a naturally an integral part of school. And there's not much you can do about it. And again, I'm very sorry about that background noise. But there's not much I can do about it. But that does not take away from the fact that you know what stress it could be tough it happens to all of us but the important thing is regardless of who you are student parent teacher administrator anybody else who fits in between those dots or outside of those dots it's important to always keep going you know what everybody else is going through the same feelings that you are not the same situation not the same background noise but regardless they're still pushing through and so should you and ultimately guys so stress, I don't like it. I'm feeling good right now. Monday, hoping I can get it worked out, save my grade. And, you know, let's just, hey, it just happens. It's part of everything, and just got to keep on moving. That is it for this episode of the School to the Pool podcast. Thank you for listening if you made it all the way through. I know it's quite tough. Not really. I feel like it's pretty smooth with those nice transitions. But anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you. I would say it a fourth time, but it would break the rule of threes. And that's it for this week. Hopefully, as you know, as you realize, I do it once a week. I record it on the Friday so I can recap everything from the week. I have plenty of material to pick from and flesh out. And of course, this should be up by Sunday or earlier if the service that I'm using is working. Yeah, guys, so please, thank you for listening. Keep on listening. You know, Spotify, hit that heart. Google Podcast, whatever, save, favorite, do all that good stuff. And also be on the lookout for a longer edition of videos. I take a special deep dive into some topics that deserve deep dives, honestly, I feel like. And so I'm excited for this podcast. Only two episodes in season one this year. Let's just keep on. I plan to keep on making these because I enjoy making these. And also, I hope that you enjoy listening to these as well. Thank you for listening. Be safe next week and be yourself. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.